coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. This is Barbara Gahn-Mueller. I am so delighted you're here today. You know, our whole peace podcast is around peace, happiness, and healthy living. But today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Desmond Bergdoffer. Why? He wrote a book, and he's an author. He's an educator. He has a doctor's degree. He moved from um, Australia. I think that's where he was born. Were you born there in Queensland, Australia. In Queensland, okay. And so he moved from Queensland to Canada, and there's a story here just in the movement. But I, today we're going to talk about something that means a lot to me, and that is Desmond's book. Desmond wrote the book, The Visioneers, in 1992. He was 30 years ahead of his time, and they are reissuing this book today because there's so much wisdom in it. I'm just going to read one little passage. I have read this book, and our, I put my marker in this page on 153. My friends, it's time now for us to take back into our own hands the responsibility for building a vision of the future that's full of joy, of human cooperation, and caring. That's, to me, the reason we have this book. But he didn't just write the book. He had a vision for the book. And I want to talk a little bit about how did you find that? How did you, were you able to write the visioneers? How did you do that, Des? Okay, well, I'm glad you asked because there's a sequence here that I should explain. Uh, when I came from Australia as a teacher all those years ago, mm -hmm. I ended up in a PhD program at the University of Alberta in educational administration. And one of my professors introduced me to what was then the uh, beginnings of a um, movement that became known as futurism the futures movement, all this literature coming out saying that uh, the world and the future looked increasingly problematic and what are we going to do about it? And so I got introduced to all of that in my uh, academic um, program. And then when I, when I left that and I joined the government of Alberta in the Department of uh, Educational Administration, Department of Advanced Education, where we were concerned with building the system of advanced education. And we had all this oil money so we could do it. And, um, and as I went about doing that, I remembered what I had learned in university, that perhaps we were adding to the problems rather than solving them by all of this expansion. But I had my job to do, so I kind of kept my head down and went on with it. And then uh, 20 years later, I had left all of that and had met Jerry, my wife, and married. And we came to Vancouver and um, started a new life of uh, teaching together about the uh, creative management of change. Creative and, uh, management of change. Wow, those are words we all have to write. Creative management of change. Keep talking, Des. All right. So, uh, so I, I began to ask myself, now that I was free of that bureaucracy, um, what kind of a book could I write? And I didn't want to write one that was like all the others, 
academically looking at the problems and the solutions. I felt that the fundamental issue was that the world needed a positive vision. It needed a new story. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe I can write that. Uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a push, but uh, I thought maybe I could do that. And I decided it had to be written as a novel. And, um, and uh, I had never done that before. I was 50 years old, but I had been a student of uh, literature all my life from my first degree at the University of Queensland. And I had all of these authors in my head. And I thought, I think I can do that. So I sat down and began. You and began the other to write the book just because you had that thought? <laughs> but the other, the other influence I had was from, from, from my wife, Jerry, who's a psychologist. And one of her uh, techniques in her workshops is to take people on creative visualizations, to go on a journey in their minds. And I thought, well, maybe I can do that in this book. I can get the reader to become engaged and help create the story become a participant in the story. And so that's the way I wrote the book as a sustained creative visualization. And so as I was reading the book, I felt like I was participating in your solutions and the ideas. Well, that's the whole, that's, that's exactly what you were supposed to feel. <laughs> wow. I, and you know, this isn't a, a short book. It's a book that keeps you involved and you keep reading it. And you also have an audio theater, I hear. Yes, uh, well, uh, again, this was uh, Jerry's idea. We were at the point of publishing the book in, 19, in October of 1992. I think in July, she said, we should have an audio version as well. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, uh, we sat down, mind mapped the book, and then we sat down together and uh, made 10 hours of recording with uh, animated conversation about the ideas, and uh, interspersed with uh, readings. Well, where and can we get that? Is that on your thevisioneers.com CA? Yes, it is. Uh, what we did back then is we put it in, we made it into 10 audio tapes, oh. uh, 20, 30 minute episodes, uh, one on each side of the tape. And we put it in a box and <laughs> I've got the box right here. What a beautiful, what the visioneers. Of audio tapes. <laughs> Great. Anyway, the rest of this story is that um, a couple of years ago we were doing a cleanup in the house and we found that box of tapes. And um, of course, you can't resist putting them on to a machine, which we happen to still have around. And we started to listen to it. And we hadn't gone very far when we said, My gosh, this message is meant for today. And we can't just leave it in the box. We've got to get it out. So we converted it into MP3 format and put it on a new website. The website is called www.thevisioneers.ca. And um, I'm so, really glad you did that because as I reread, I read your book twice already. Um, your book is more relevant today than even in 1992, as we face this pandemic and we face major problems on our planet of hunger and, and people who are still are not at peace. Um, I'm, and it, can they also get the book on Amazon? 
Yes, uh, one thing, the other thing, another thing that we've done is uh, create an e-book. There were no such things as e-books back in 1992, but uh, I've now put it on Amazon as an e-book, uh, so people can get it there. But I also have copies of the original print in the form that you just held up, and um, people can get those from me by writing to me at Desmond at thevisioneers.ca. D-E-S-M-O-N-D at thevisioneers.ca. Right. All right. And for $25, including shipping and handling, you can that's, have a book. That, that's a good price for that book. It's a, it's a book that you want to put on your bookshelf because it will remind you that the Visioneers, the vision for a better future is possible. And that's what I like. Um, you know, it's a foundation of your Visioneers International Network. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, Why don't you talk a little bit about the Visioneers International Network? Jerry talked about it briefly, but how do you participate in that? Oh, um, well, Jerry's idea was that we should create this virtual expo, um, which showcases the people who are doing good work. And here's the connection with my book. Back in 1992, I, um, I described this major world event called the Congress of the global mind, where the whole world was brought together using um, satellite uh, television. And um, now of course that never happened in reality, but what did happen was that ever since then, there have been millions of people going around the world doing this good work. And these are the visioneers of my imagination. So we've decided that what we need to do is go out and find them and put them on this new global platform called the Visioneers International Network and showcase them in this virtual exposition and give them awards for being, you know, uh, good citizens, good global citizens and contributing to the, to the future. That's a very intriguing idea. The Congress of the Global Mind. It's almost like I think we could do that on a, in a virtual setting where we would bring together people who are on the Visioneers and create a Zoom platform where we would have the Congress of the Global Mind and have a conversation. Well, we're working towards that. So maybe give us a year or two when we've got enough people on the platform and we'll have a Congress of the Global Mind. So interesting because some of the people who are I would love to have in this conversation are no longer with us, like my late husband, Robert Mueller. And yet I think they wrote enough in their 70, with Robert, you know, he had his 7,500 ideas and dreams for a better world. And I think that there's enough they have written that we could weave that into it also. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're, uh, Jerry and I are big fans of Robert's work. And uh, we would just love to uh, make it known to the new generation. Well, you know, they used to tell me that people were discovered, you know, 20 years after they're, after they're no longer on the planet. And Robert always had this idea that it didn't matter if your idea was implemented during your lifetime. It was the idea that was the one that should be left out there in the world after you are gone. And yeah. I just 
think that is so powerful. In fact, after today, I'm his cemetery, the cemetery where he's buried is less than a mile away from here. And I'm going to go over there and put your book on the cemetery tombstone. <laughs> I say, now here, now get busy and read this book. It's fabulous. Because say you know, a good word. Huh? Put in a good word for me. <laughs> oh, I will. Put in a good word for Dr. Desmond. Um, Desmond, you know, your book has meant so much to me. Your visioneers. We have a group we met together in Santa Barbara where we brought visioneers together in Santa Barbara. And so many of the people who are visioneers, like Marilyn King, have been on peacepodcast.org. And I hope people, as you watch today and you're listening to Desmond Bergdoffer, that you will offer your ideas to Des. He just gave you his website. Tell him what you're thinking. This is our time to come together for the global mind and the global brain. I remember Peter Russell saying, it's time for the global brain. So it's time for us to really bring out the power each of us have. Some of it's latent. It's not been out because we didn't know we could quiet that rational what are you thinking you can't do that did that ever happen to you when you were starting this book did you ever say oh what are you thinking des you can't do that what made you have the power to go forth well i'm not absolutely sure jerry thinks i was channeling it from somewhere uh -huh. I'm, not sure. I'm not sure about that but when i did uh, re-listen to those old audio tapes i sort of said to myself well where did that come from <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone. Robert used to make speeches so he knew what he was thinking because he said <laughs> when he did that verbaling, verbalizing of his thoughts, then he said, oh, that was a good one. And he would remember it. And so he tape recorded all of his talks. He tape recorded all of his journals. You know, it's an amazing gift, our gift of life, isn't it, Des? Yes, it is. Um, you mentioned before you were saying to people to... Uh, to go to the website and so on. What I would say, go to the website and join and become a visioneer um, and tell us who you are and what you're doing. And our gift to you for doing that is a download, a free download of the audio theater that I was just talking about. And there's, um, and you can listen to it on any mobile. It makes me want to just stop talking to you and go get that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what I want to hear. Well, how you guys mind you, you and Jerry um, Schwartz um, mind mapped it and then recorded it. It must just be. I bet you were pretty pleased when you heard it. Yeah, it was. It was a hoot doing that. You know, <laughs> we we were working with this fellow in his basement studio. <laughs> and and, uh, and his dog. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. You know, I think creative moments are so priceless, aren't they? And yeah. and if you record your creative moments, um, so much more on the planet is accomplished because people can go back and say, well, let's listen to what Jerry and Des said. What did they think we should do for the world that we want in our future? And you know, we're facing a pandemic now. We're in the middle of it. And this is the first time the world has been quiet enough that we can step back and listen to that, the intuitive heart-centered soul neurons that Jerry was talking about in her interview with me on peacepodcast.org. And it's time for us to get quiet enough to quiet the rational side and to bring forth the wisdom that we were born with. And so, Jez, at the end of our interview today, is there anything you wanted me to ask you that maybe you might like to share? Well, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about the book. All right. Um, Read us some of your favorite passages. Okay, um, the book is, despite having this important message, 
uh, it's also a love story and an adventure story and uh, suspense and mystery. And Jerry said that I should tell you a little bit about the love story. I love the love story part. I love that part. Go for it. All right. Well, the the two love interests in in the book are this strapping young man from Australia called Mark Venture and his beautiful uh, companion, Esther Fisher from Israel. And they go through a number of um, difficult situations together. And so the um, connection begins. And but they're very busy running around the world, uh, you know, organizing these visioneer meetings until they finally get a little bit of peace and, and quiet for themselves on the beach at Costa del Sol on the Spanish Riviera. And uh, Mark and they have been one of the things they've been doing over the months is writing each other love poems. So Mark uh, pulls out this a piece of paper out of his pocket and says, I've written you uh, another poem. And Esther says, uh, I thought as much. And he says, uh, it's a bit crumpled because I stuffed it in my pocket. And she said, the crumpled love poem. Yes. And, uh, and this is what uh, he read to her. I'll just read a little bit of it. It's Thank called you. Daring. And, and what he was really trying to do was work up his... Um, his um, energy to ask her to marry him. So he says, how much to dare and why? Good questions for those who seek to act. If involvement grows to love, how much to dare becomes less a question and more a search for that higher part of self found only in the other. And the whole world opens because two people dared to find the passage for their love. Found the completion in another. That is so beautiful. But what Mark didn't know is that Esther was two steps ahead of him. So she pulls out of her purse, not crumpled, a beautiful card with her poem on it, which is called Yes. And this is what she says. Yes begins with intention to take little yes steps. Yes to dancing and singing, to poetry, music and laughter. And when the chorus of yeses rings out in celebration, fueling the heart with wild courage, it's easy to take giant leaps to say yes, to growing, to being, to soaring, to living, to loving, to me, to you, to us. So I can, I will, and I do. <laughs> so beautiful. So it, this this <laughs> book is a treasure trove. And you, how long did it take you to write it, to put it together? Uh, a year or so, about 18 months, probably. That's all? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it's 500 pages, so. Uh, it's know. amazing you did it in a year. Well, when Robert and I got married, I wrote a poem. And, and in fact, that's part of. Our relationship was always about poetry and we would write about you know decide to be one heart whether together or apart and he would honor me with his poetry and i would honor him but this book is just it's a it's a love story it's a treasure trove of ideas that can change the world it's an opening for people to become part of the global mind and the global brain 
And um, you, if you had a dream, because you're an author who has written incredible things, what would your dream be for our planet today in this time when we need everybody's creativity? But I'd like to hear what your dream is, Des. Well, I wouldn't say that I have a clear vision of what the world can become, because anybody who says that is not being realistic, because we just can't know. But what I do know is that what we have to do is learn to take care of each other and to take care of the earth on which everything depends. And um, so that is my, my message really, that we, we have to learn how to do that and we have to um, find each other and learn from each other in doing that. Yeah, I don't know why I'm crying, but just hearing your words has brought tears to my eyes. Maybe it's because we brought Robert into the story and because he's such the love of my life and this book is a love story and you and Jerry have that magnificent love that you share and you work together. And um, I want to thank you for today. I want to thank all of the people who have tuned in to watch this Peace podcast with Dr. Des Bergdoffer and just Remember, this is a man who spent one year to write a book called The Visioneers. And now you can go to www.thevisioneers.ca and read the other great people who have become visioneers, who have been honored. And also, you can go to The Visioneers and join and become a visioneer. Wouldn't you love to put that in next to your automobile club card in your wallet and have The Visioneers when the police pull you over and say, wait a minute, I'm a visioneer. Pay attention. <laughs> a visioneer is a pioneer of the future focused on a good outcome for the generations who follow. Oh, that's so beautifully said. I'm glad I'm a visioneer. I'm glad I'm part of the network. And I'm glad I had this opportunity to talk with you. Why don't you, all of you who are watching today, pull out those iPhones, watch this again, have a conversation, how you can become a visioneer. Join the Visioneer Network. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller. It has been an outstanding 20 minutes with Dr. Bergdoffer. I am so delighted you were on. Thank you, Des. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And I'm going to end with, may peace prevail on earth. And may the visions that you hold, Robert always said, first you dream it, then you see it, and then you implement it. And that's the beginning. And that's why I'm so excited to have Jerry and Des on. Thank you for joining us. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller. You've been watching peacepodcast.org. And you know it's for healthy living, peace, and a better health. Thank you so much.